Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. went to pastor in Apache when I was just a baby. Uh, Some of the first converts, maybe the very first converts, was Calvin and Louise Upton in their ministry there. They had been attending Apache First uh, for 40, 46 years, 45 years. And Calvin's sister and her husband have been attending Apache 53 years. No church hopping for them. They're the most stable people I know. And I've been thinking and, and weighing on, that's been weighing on me. I'm concerned that here in the city there's so many options that we treat church like a buffet. And then when tragedy strikes, we have no one to turn to. And then we want to get mad at the church for not caring. The reason they're so stable is a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The reason they're so stable is they've been rooted Rooted, a, a plant will not grow without roots. This isn't even my sermon this morning. I'm just talking to you. Listen, you have got to get plugged in. If it's not here, get plugged in somewhere so that when you face struggles and trials and tragedy, that there's somebody you can lean on. And so I just encourage you to do that. They're going to be surrounded with love this week simply because they've got so much history and so many roots that people are coming out of the woodwork supporting them, helping them. I thank you for your faithfulness. For those of you that are here on a regular basis, I know it takes effort. But that's part of being the body. That's what it's all about. Amen. So I'm done. That's my soapbox this morning. Um, Once a year... And in particular, one day a year, we are reminded to be thankful. The truth is, is that being thankful shouldn't be difficult for us, and we really shouldn't have to be reminded, but we are. Um, this reminder is commanded. It's, the, the concept of being thankful is a command. We are told throughout Scripture, Psalms chapter 95, Psalms chapter 97, Psalms chapter 107, and then in Psalms 118 and in First Chronicles chapter 16, we're told over and over again to be thankful to the Lord. And then there's an interesting passage that I want to draw your attention to this morning. It's found in Psalm chapter 136. It's not going to be on the screen for you, but I want you to understand that this passage is interesting to me because in Psalms chapter 136, it's like David gets stuck. I know some, this is too, young, too old for some of y'all. You'll never even... You've heard about it. You've never experienced it yourself. I experienced it. It's like the needle getting stuck on a record. Uh, Some of y'all, a record? What's a record? What's a needle? Uh, We used to have to take pennies and tape them to the the top of the little needle holder so that it would get enough weight so that it would. It's like it it gets stuck over and over and over again. It's almost like David got stuck here in Psalm chapter 136 because I don't know if he understood that to remember something a lot of times you have to be reminded over and over and over and over again. But 
three different times at the very beginning of the chapter, he basically says the same thing over and over and over again. He's trying to drive it home. And then after he gets jarred, I don't know what jarred him loose, but something jarred him loose and gets him onto a different path. Then at the very last verse of 136, he comes back and he says the same thing again. Listen to what he says. He says, Psalm 136, verse 1 through 3, and then verse 26. Oh, give thanks unto Jehovah, for he is good, for his loving kindness endureth forever. Second verse. He's stuck. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his loving kindness endureth forever. Verse 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of hosts, for his loving kindness endures forever. Then he comes back in the last verse, verse 26. Oh, give thanks. You ain't got nothing else to say, David. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for his loving kindness endures forever. It's a reminder. It's a command. He's trying to drive it home. Get this into your spirit. His kindness is forever. His love endures. His mercy is forever. Give thanks because we've been blessed. Even though we're commanded to be thankful, there are days that seem to be very difficult to be thankful. I think there's a couple reasons for that. And I think that one of the reasons is that because most of us don't picture ourselves being well off. Uh, In fact, one of the things that I discovered as I was researching for our last series, Other People's Money, is that even though as Americans we're in the top one, most of us are in the top 1% of all the earners of wealth in the entire world, most of us still don't even picture ourselves as being well off. All you got to do is travel just a little bit outside (laughs) the boundaries of this country and you are suddenly slapped in your face that we are well off we are blessed but we don't see ourselves that way the struggle is real we feel like we can't make ends meet and then you couple that with the fact that I often have the opportunity in the role that I play to spend time with people who are facing significant trials and significant hardships and who are who are heartbroken and who are dealing with heartache and who have been experiencing unexpected pain and their shifts in life, in the path of their life, and they're faced with tragedies. And when all that happens, when you don't see yourself as well off, and then then on top of that you're faced with these kind of issues and circumstances, there are days when being thankful and giving thanks and even believing that God is good can be a challenge. Our Our poor man mentality coupled with life's hardships make it very difficult for many of us to understand and comprehend and even remember this fact. We are loaded. We're loaded. Uh, When you ask my dad to pray um, over a meal, and more times even than over a meal, if you ask him to pray to begin a day, there is a phrase that he has prayed in our family For decades, it is burned into my spirit. And I started thinking about this phrase. He prays this. Father, we thank you for the benefits that you have loaded our lives with. And I started thinking and contemplating that statement. And I've come to the fact that I understand now that 
were loaded. And so over the course of the next few weeks leading up to Thanksgiving this week and then Christmas, we're going to examine the benefits that we've been blessed with. My prayer is simply that this, that even in the face of difficulties or less than perfect circumstances, you will come to the conclusion that you should be thankful as you embrace the fact that you're loaded. In fact, I want us to practice a little bit this morning with a little bit of attitude, with a little bit of almost, I know something you don't know. Would you just touch your neighbor right now and with a little bit of swag, would you just, point, just touch them and say, you may not even know this, but I'm loaded. Come on, tell them, tell them. Ah, oh, there are times I hide it, but I'm loaded, I'm loaded. I started to get me a t-shirt that said, I'm loaded. Hashtag, I want you to, this week, I want you, as you respond, as you respond to this message and begin to think about the benefits that God has given you in your life on Twitter, on Facebook, I want you to use the hashtag, I'm loaded. If you don't know what a hashtag is, find somebody young and ask them, I'm loaded. All right, we're going to be thankful. So we're going to land in Psalm chapter 103, and we're going to spend the next uh, few weeks together here. I want you to listen carefully what David says. Psalms chapter 103, beginning in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost beings. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We're loaded with benefits. We're going to talk about the benefits that he's loaded us with over the next few weeks. Sorry. The first thing David does is he controls his own soul. Listen to what he says. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not. He talks to his own soul and he says, my soul will praise him. He he says to himself, don't forget. I think what's going on here is David understood that we have a tendency to be extremely forgetful. I think what he understood is he knew that, that life would strike blows that would rattle our ability to remember and we would view God through the through the lens of the immediate. That's a good statement. You need to understand it again. I think David understood that if we're not careful, we get so caught up with what's going on right now that we have a tendency to forget what he's done for us already. And so he says to himself, remember, I I make the conscious effort and decision. I will control my soul. Because if you don't control your soul, your soul will become bitter. And your soul will become demanding. And your soul will become forgetful. And you will begin to even question whether God's even done anything for you. David controls his soul and says, so you will remember. And you will make a conscious decision to praise God. Even in the midst of trial. He's trying to get us to refocus, and in spite of what you see now, remember that God is still worthy of praise. 
and that we cannot afford to forget his worthiness. I want you to practice this this morning. I want you to talk to your own soul for just a moment. I want you to tell your own soul, soul, don't forget I'm loaded. Come on, do it. have a little conversation with yourself. I'm loaded. I am loaded. Soul, in spite of what I see, in spite of what I'm going through, in spite of any tragedy I face at this moment, I am loaded. And therefore, soul, we will praise the Lord. You've got to have the conversation with yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He practiced controlling his soul. Then there's another tool that, that, that helped David to remember. David begins to list the benefits that he's received as a direct result of his relationship with God. I don't know if this is a tool you use in your work. I, I would imagine most of you do. I, I have. Aren't there days at your job where everybody's driving you crazy and nothing goes right and everybody interrupts you and the agenda and the schedule that you had in place before you got there is totally disrupted and you end the day further than when you started the day and all you want to do is get out of there and get away from there and isn't it a tool that sometimes you have to sit down and remind yourself of the benefits of that job like I need to remind myself that I do have three weeks paid vacation and I need to remind myself that I have a 401k I'm not talking about this job I'm talking about other jobs I've had a 401k I, I need to remind myself that I have benefits like health insurance and dental insurance and life insurance and vision insurance. I need to remind myself that there's retirement. I need to remind myself of the benefits I've been loaded with at my job. David uses that same tool and he begins to list for us the benefits of this relationship that we have with our Father. This morning I want to tell you that the benefits make it worth it. Uh, I need to tell you, the benefits make it worth it. The first benefit that David lists is the most significant benefit that he could dialogue to us about and remember. And he says, we're loaded with forgiveness. We cannot afford to forget forgiveness. David begins his benefit list with the greatest of all benefits and he states that we are loaded with forgiveness. So my question is, what does he forgive us of? And then he tells us in Psalm chapter 103 verses 10 through 12, listen to what he says. He says he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Uh, see, David deals with two different aspects of sin. He first says there that he... he uh, he does not repay us according to our iniquities. We, he says we are forgiven of our iniquities. Iniquity is inward motivation that drives us towards sin. It's that tendency we talk about. It, 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 it's that thing that nobody can see. It is that hidden thing 
But then he, he says that not only is our iniquity dealt with, but also our transgressions are moved, removed. He's saying transgression is the outward movement. It's the, the word transgression literally means to trespass, to step over a line. It is the visible manifestation of the iniquity in us is that now all this iniquity is in us and this motivation towards sin and this drive towards sin that nobody even sees and they all think we glow in the dark. But all of a sudden, out of this iniquity that resides down inside of us and that pushes us, all of a sudden we transgress and we take action. All right, and so now it's like this. Iniquity is the heart. Transgressions are the hands. Iniquity is attitude where transgression is action. And here is our dilemma. Our issue is that too often we become comfortable with iniquity because nobody can see it. And we're satisfied to live with the iniquity inside of us as long as we never take action into transgression. That's where the Pharisees had fallen. Because the Pharisees operated like this. They, 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 they said that you could be married and you could window shop. Because as long as it's only lust down on the inside of me, as long as I don't take any action and I don't make the move, it's okay because it's just iniquity. It's not transgression. And my iniquity doesn't hurt anybody but me. And so I'll shove that down in there and, and, and I won't have to deal with God until it becomes transgression. The only dilemma with that was is that when Jesus arrived on earth, he equated the two. And he says if you have lust in your heart, it's the same thing as adultery. Your iniquity is equal to your transgression. Okay. He says if you look and lust, then you've committed adultery. So both are sin. And Jesus comes to deal with both levels of sin. The iniquity that is down on the inside of us that nobody knows about, that we hide from everybody. And he wants to deal with our iniquities, but he also wants to deal with our transgressions. That's why Isaiah chapter 53 tops our benefit list and is so important. Because in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, it says, But he was wounded, which is outward bleeding, for our transgressions, right? But he was bruised, which is inward bleeding, for our iniquities. So Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we should be reminded and we should never forget that we are loaded with a high level of forgiveness so that not only what is going on the outside that hurts everybody else and destroys everything around me, but on the inside, in the privacy of my own home, in the privacy of my, my moments when nobody else is around, when nobody knows the evil that is inside of me, Jesus' sacrifice is so sufficient that it not only deals with my transgression that hurts you, it deals with the iniquity down on the inside of me that nobody knows about. It's the, it's the number one. It's the highest benefit. We are loaded with forgiveness. We are so loaded with forgiveness that Jesus makes provision for inward and outward sin. He deals with both. He, he, both. His sacrifice was so complete that no sin can escape the reach of his forgiveness. We ought to be thankful this morning. Nobody ought to have to prod us to be thankful. If you've asked Jesus into your life and you've asked him, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm undone and I need you to take my sin, you need to understand you are filthy rich in forgiveness. And David teaches us that we should be loaded with thankfulness because he is loaded with forgetfulness. I'll say that again. We should be loaded 
with thankfulness because he is loaded with forgetfulness. How loaded are we? He has removed our transgressions. David says this, he's done away with them. Are y'all going to get this? We're going to get this this morning. He goes on and he says, this is, he, he has removed them as far as the east is from the west. And we, we think circular and think, well, east eventually meets west. No, it's, it's linear. They never meet. They never meet. It's a straight line. They never meet. David is literally talking about the justifying work of Christ. Do you recognize why it's so important for us to understand that Jesus justified us? Because when we're forgiven, when we're forgiven it's just as if I'd never sinned. That's justification. As far as the east is from the west. Our prop, we should be loaded with thankfulness because he is loaded with forgetfulness. Our dilemma this morning is this. We think that when we approach God about our iniquity and when we approach God about our transgression, that what happens is he goes to the filing cabinet. And there they are. The file on us. Let me, let me see. I, I got some files here this morning. I, yeah, there's a, there's a really thick one. That's probably Woody's file right there. I, yeah, yeah, it's just loaded, loaded with iniquities. Man, he, he comes to the Lord and says, I need you to forgive me for what I've been, and, and God goes, mm-hmm. There it is right there on, on June the 8th at 2.22 p.m. You approached me and asked me to forgive you of this same exact thing. Oh, Darren? Where's Darren's file? Darren probably got a, oh yeah, there's Darren's file right there. Man, this is a long running file because he's old. And so uh, there, there they are, man. Look, don't kill me later, Darren. We think he comes and checks our file. But may I declare to you that every time you approach Jesus and say, God, I need you. I desperately need you to forget. Can I show you your file? There is no file. When you try to remind Jesus of the sins that you've committed, he doesn't even know what you're stinking talking about. He doesn't remember. Oh, your wife remembers. And your kids remember. And your co-workers remember. Your enemies certainly remember. And here's the real challenge. You remember. But when we approach God, it's and, and we want to start this conversation. We want to we want to pick up this conversation where we left off. God, I've been struggling with and filling the blank. God, I fell again. The same thing that I felt. I'm, I'm right back where God goes to the filing cabinet. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. In fact, I want to say to you this morning that every time you approach God about your sin. You have to start a brand new conversation. It's not a continuation. It's not where you left off. If you've asked him to forgive you, it was a complete work. You are forgiven. That's why in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Another version, but yes, I am the one who takes care of your sin. That's what I do. I don't keep a list of your sins. 
Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, paraphrasing here. He says, their sins I will. That's an act of will. I choose. I will. I will remember no more. God will not recall our past. In other words, if our, if, if, if our past comes back up in conversation, then that past is brought back up in conversation not by God. It is either brought up by you or it is brought up by the enemy of your soul. We should be loaded with thankfulness because he is loaded with forgetfulness. His choice to be forgetful is an outstanding benefit. And let me say it theologically correct so I don't get any nasty emails. The reality of what happens is this. He has knowledge, but he chooses not to recall it. There is a word there for couples. There is a word there for you as a believer on how we're supposed to operate with one another. You can make the choice to recall or not to recall. You can have knowledge, but choose not to recall the knowledge that, oh, I'm trying, that's like, Five years of marriage counseling for some of you right there. If you would, I know you've got knowledge of what they do with the toilet paper. And I know you've got knowledge of how they handle the toothpaste tube. And I know you've got knowledge of how much money they spent when you said you wouldn't. But you have to make a choice. We are to be like God. We take on this attitude. I have knowledge of it, but I'm not just going to sit on the knowledge and wait until the right moment in the conversation five years later and go, do you remember what you did? No. God is faithful. And so this morning, I just wanted to simply remind you that you are loaded because God, here it is, check this out. He removes, he remembers no more, and this is freedom for some of you right here, and he releases us from our transgressions. Listen, our debt has been paid by Jesus. There is no debt anymore. Our iniquities have been forgiven. We are released. Jesus said that that is why he came and he walked this planet was to set the captives free. And so this morning, if we live our lives bound after we have been forgiven, then we are not accessing the, the level of benefit of forgiveness that we are supposed to be loaded with. You don't have to continue to be enslaved by sin. You don't have to keep continue to be, to be dominated by shame and guilt and, and remorse. And I'm never going to outlive this. The only way you don't outlive it is if you keep remembering because the file cabinet is empty. And so I walk away free. When you encounter Jesus and you ask him to become your Lord, not only does he remove and remember no more, but he goes one step further. This is the highest benefit he's given us, and that is that he releases us. And it is a lie of the enemy that you have to remain bound for the rest of your life. Are there consequences to your actions? Yes. But the, but the penalty and the shame and the guilt and living like you're less than would only be acceptable if this was your file. But that is not your file. This is your file. What are you talking about? 
well, you don't know what I did. I, I, I lost my marriage because what are you talking about? You don't know where I went last Friday night. What are you talking about? You don't know who I spent my What are you talking about? You don't know the attitude. What are you? You don't know what I said. What are you? You're loaded with forgiveness. So you ought to be loaded with thankfulness. Because he's forgiven us. I'm glad he doesn't have my file. I I don't want him to have to start a new one either. But I'm thankful this morning that my file is empty. So I want us to do this this morning together today. I want us to make sure that we've spoken to Jesus about our inward and our outward sin. And I don't want you to pick it up as if it's an old conversation like you just left off and I'll get back to you on this. No, 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 no. I need you to start a brand new conversation with him. And make sure that your life is loaded with forgiveness. Let him remove. Let him remember no more. Be released this morning. And I think we ought to take a few moments at the end of this and control our soul. And be thankful for all the benefits that he loads our life with. As we go into Thanksgiving, we ought to be the most thankful, hashtag I'm loaded people on the face of the planet because he got rid of my file. And I now am free. This is how we're going to end this morning. I just want to invite you to spend a few moments there in your own chair. Or maybe you need to come to the front. Maybe you need a visual reminder. Maybe you actually need to walk up here and look in this filing cabinet and look for your file. I bet you can't find it. I bet there's not one. I got drunk last night. But I got up this morning and said, Jesus, forgive me. Then there's no file. There's a hangover, but there's no file. I talk bad to you. Some of y'all living bound when you're free. So maybe this morning what you need to do is as we spend some time in prayer, maybe you literally do need to walk up here. In fact, I want to encourage you just as an act. Maybe not everybody needs to do it. Maybe you think it's corny. I don't care. Uh, I'm beyond that. Uh, Maybe you just need to walk up here and peek in here just to make sure. There's a toothpick. But there's no file. I want you to go out of here extremely thankful. So at the end of this, when I feel like it's time, I'm going to pray over our movers because we want them to experience the forgiveness that we've experienced. And then Pastor Danny's going to come and close this out. But would you find a place to pray this morning? And would you ask Jesus, I, I don't care if you, you feel like you're already in right standing, would you just spend a few moments and just double check, make sure, ask Jesus this morning, Jesus, deal with my iniquities deal with my transgressions. Pick up a brand new conversation. Don't rehearse the past. The past is gone. Let him clean you up this morning. Come on, let's pray together. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. 
To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.